Um, so it's great to be back again with you, and um, I'm happy that I'll be able to be with you for today and actually the next two Sundays. And um, <clears throat> uh, it's always great for, for me to, to be able to come back here. This almost feels like my, my home church, um, so it's a, it's a wonderful time to be with you today. I'm going to read for us the text that we'll be reading from, and actually the next two Sundays today and the next two Sundays um, will be focused uh, in this uh, first and second chapter of uh, the epistle of First Peter. So if you want to be able to read ahead and, and see where we, we are going to be next, uh, we'll be uh, staying here in First Peter and uh, chapter 1 and uh, a little bit of chapter 2 there. So chapter 1, verse 3 to 9. Praise be to the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade, kept in heaven for you, who through faith are being shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief of all kinds of trials. These have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may be proved genuine and may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you have not seen him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this opportunity to listen to you as you speak to us. And Lord, we praise you for your word, and we praise you for your Holy Spirit who teaches us. Lord, we pray that now you may humble ourselves down, and that you may subject all of us, Lord, to the tutelage and the teaching of your Holy Spirit, so that, Lord, we may hear what he has for us today. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. <clears throat> One, uh, for all of us Christians, God has called us to follow him. He has called us, he has saved us. And the calling that all of us have for every day of your life is to glorify God in everything that we do, in everything that we say, in every way of our lives. To glorify God in our families, at our place of work. To glorify God in our neighborhoods. That is our calling. God calls us to glorify him wherever we are. And to stand firm for our faith. But then a question comes. When you face adversity, whatever kind it may be, Maybe you face 
um, some strained relationships in your family, maybe strained relationships at your place of work. Um, when those adversities come, brokenness of heart due to some situations that you may be facing, grief and sorrow because of loss, um, or maybe as a Christian for some reason, in our neighborhoods or places for, of work, we are being persecuted just because of our faith. The question is then, in those situations, how can I still continue to live a life where I glorify God and where I still continue to stand for my faith, even when I'm faced with all these adversities in my life? How can I be able to still continue to stand for my faith and to glorify God? The audience that Peter, the apostle, is writing this letter to are facing adverse suffering. In the year around 64 AD, when it's about the time that Peter is writing this epistle, um, the that time, the emperor of Rome was Nero. And something happened. A very disastrous fire consumed and actually completely destroyed the city of Rome. And for some reason, Nero, the emperor, found some reason to blame it on the Christians. And because of that, he himself began to persecute Christians. It actually became official to persecute Christians. It became acceptable to persecute Christians. And Nero was the most notorious of those who persecuted Christians. We read from history that some of the things that Nero would do would be actually to, to torture Christians, to torch them, and even throw them uh, to lions to be torn apart as a way of entertaining his guests. So Peter is writing to Christians who are facing that kind of a situation. And again, the question is, how? How can we still continue to glorify God, to stand for our faith in these situations, in these circumstances of adverse adversity? How can we? And Peter's answer to that question for you, for his audience then, and for us today, is this. He says, keep your focus on the hope that we have in our Lord Jesus Christ. So if you don't remember anything that I'm going to say, anything else that I'm going to say, please go home with this. That we should, you and I, in all circumstances that we may be facing, we, the Apostle Peter, really God, through the mouth and the pen of the Apostle Peter, God is telling us, God is charging us, God is urging us that we should keep our focus on the hope that we have in our Lord Jesus Christ. That's your message for you today, and that's my message. And I'm going to give you three reasons why, from this passage, why we should keep our focus 
on our Lord Jesus Christ, the hope that we have in our Lord Jesus Christ. The first reason is because it is a living hope. The hope that we have in our Lord Jesus Christ is actually a living hope. Listen to these words again where we read. I'm going to repeat verses 3 to 5. It says, Praise be to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth. He has given us adoption. So when we come to faith in Jesus Christ, we are adopted into the family of God. And therefore, we become children of God. So we, we receive that new birth. And then, then it says this, new birth into a living hope. And that's what we are talking about here. That we keep our focus on the hope that we, we have in Jesus Christ again because it is a living It's a living hope into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. And it is kept in heaven for you. Who through faith are being shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in that last time. God is calling us today to keep our focus on the hope that we have in our Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Because that hope is actually a living hope. What do we mean by describing this hope as living? It is a hope that is without end. It is a hope that is never dying. Have you come to a point where sometimes you feel like, oh, my hope is gone? Our hope in Jesus Christ, regardless of the adversities and atrocities that we may face in life, is a never-ending hope. It's a living hope. It is a permanent hope. That is the sense in which it is used here. That it is a hope that is actually eternal. Hope that will never end. What kind, of, and it also, as it says here, it is a hope that is in an inheritance. Okay, you have that use of the word here, inheritance. Now, when we hear the word inheritance, uh, here in America, in Kenya, we have different ideas of what inheritance is talking about. So a Kenyan, for example, if, if I heard I'm just a Kenyan, never been exposed to American culture, and I hear the word, you are going to receive an inheritance. Your, your hope is in an inheritance. You know what I'm thinking about? I'm thinking about goats. I'm thinking about cattle. I'm thinking maybe about a big piece of land that my fa- I'm going to inherit from my father. Um, uh, how about an American? When you hear inheritance, what comes to your mind immediately? Maybe I'm going to inherit some stocks from my dad. Or maybe it's a big uh, a bank account or a CD, or um, uh, an estate, a house, whatever it is that we may think about when we hear the word inheritance. But this inheritance that is referenced here is none of the above. So what is it? What is this inheritance? And when you listen to the way it is being described here, it is one that is uh, that is never going to fade, is one that is eternal. What is that? The, so it must be referring to eternal life in Jesus Christ. That is the inheritance that it is uh, to, being talked about here. Our eternal life, 
that we have in Jesus Christ. It is our hope in Christ, the hope of eternal life. And it is a never dying hope. Eternal, that's how it is described. Our hope in Jesus Christ is a hope in eternal life. It can never perish. It can never spoil. It can never fade. It is shielded by God's power until Jesus Christ returns. The apostle is encouraging us to put our hope in Jesus Christ because our hope in Jesus Christ is safe and secure. There's two other apostles, the apostle John and the apostle Paul, who also testify to this safe and secure nature of our eternal life that we have in Jesus Christ. The Apostle John in his gospel, chapter 10 and verse 28, he says, I give them eternal life and they will never perish. No one can snatch them out of my father's hand. That is the Apostle John. He's testifying that our hope, the eternal life that we have in Jesus Christ is safe and secure. It is eternal and no one can take it away from us. The Apostle Paul also testifies in Romans chapter 8 and verse 35 saying, Nothing can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Nothing. There's no amount of adversity. There's no human being. There is no even demonic principalities. Nothing can take you, can separate us from the love of God. That is in Christ Jesus. Our hope is safe and secure. In the face of adversity, the Apostle Peter is reminding us to keep our focus on the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. First of all, because it is a living hope. Secondly, the Apostle is calling us to keep our focus on the Lord, the hope that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. Secondly, because it actually gives us a reason to rejoice. Always. To rejoice in, even in the midst of our suffering. That sounds crazy, doesn't it? Rejoice? When I'm, going, when I'm in the situation of suffering, what are you talking about? Listen to what he says here. In this, you greatly rejoice. Hmm. Peter, are you going crazy a little bit? How can you talk about rejoicing in, in a situation of suffering? In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief of all kinds of trials. These have come so that, uh, so that your faith of, of greater worth than, than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may be proved genuine. And may result in praise and glory and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Our hope in Christ gives us reason to rejoice. And let me make a comment here about when we talk about hope. See, the, the word hope in the English language is sometimes the way we use it in the Bible is really not the way it is used in the common English language. Because in the English language, you are talking about this kind of hope. I hope it happens. Nope. 
This hope here is hope that is certain. Actually, it's a confident hope of something that is going to happen in the future. And how can, how can I believe that? What is the basis of this hope? It is the promises of God. Because God is faithful. And all the promises that he makes are sure and true. And you can count on it that it will actually happen. So when you talk about hope, it's not a wish, but it's a certainty. It's a confident that we have that this is going to happen. And so in this uh, uh, second point here, we are saying that we keep our focus on the hope that we have in Jesus Christ because it actually gives us a reason to rejoice. Our hope in Jesus Christ gives us a hope, a reason to rejoice. Now, Another important clarification here is that the the way the Bible uses the word joy is to be distinguished from the way it uses the word happiness. Happiness has to do with circumstances. Circumstances that bring me joy. And what are some of those? Maybe you are having a birthday celebration. And everybody is all about you. They are singing you. They are looking at you. They are admiring you. Or maybe you have a wedding. And again, that is a time of joy, special days, special holidays. Or maybe you are sitting there in your, uh, in your sitting room and you are watching a game uh, where you are, the team that you are rooting for is winning. Maybe the Eagles are winning and you are rooting for the Eagles. You know, you are happy. Happiness is circumstantial. Joy is not circumstantial. Joy is actually based on our relationship with Jesus Christ, regardless of the external circumstances that are happening to us. And I'm going to give you an example. I'll give you the example of the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul, when he wrote the letter to the Philippians, he was actually in prison. He is in prison and, and, um, and uh, his legs, are, his, his feet are chained, probably chained to, uh, to, uh, to, so, to, to the feet of, or hands of, of soldiers to restrain him from run, running away. And then from that prison, Paul writes the epistle that we, we today we call Philippians. And uh, let me ask you a question. If you are writing, you don't need to answer. But maybe you can answer if you so wish. It's okay. I'm a teacher um, as well as being a pastor. So it's okay to interact and engage with me. Um, so if you, if you wrote a letter and you are writing that letter from prison, what are some words that are most likely to characterize that letter? You are writing from prison, mind you. So actually, let me hear, just shout out words that will characterize that letter that you are writing to, uh, to your friends or to some people, and you are writing from prison. What are some words that will characterize that letter? Please. Please. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, cold. Okay. Uh, anybody else? Lonely. This is a lonely place. Uh-huh. Get me out of here. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I, I actually asked that question at a, another place and, and one of the people say, uh, there said, she would say, 
Uh, I didn't do it. <laughs> and, and you know, those are some of the words that will come out of uh, a, a letter. And, and it makes sense. It makes sense to me. But guess what? You look at the, the letter, uh, Philippians. A four-chapter letter. And the key word there that Paul uses is the word joy or rejoice. And by the way, in this only four-chapter letter, that word joy, either rejoice or joy, appears about, not about, it, it appears 16 times in that small letter. 16 times rejoice, joy, and all that. So how could Paul in that kind of adversity in prison, still be talking about joy and rejoice. It's because his joy was not dependent upon the external circumstances. And your joy is not dependent upon your external circumstances. Your joy is dependent upon your relationship with Jesus Christ. The fact that you have come to faith and Jesus Christ has adopted you as his child and you have that hope that one day, regardless of what continues to happen here on earth, one day he is going to come back again and he is going to take us to be with him for eternity. And that is for sure because God who promises is faithful and is trustworthy. The apostle is reminding us today to keep our focus on the hope that we have in our Lord Jesus Christ. First of all, because it is a living hope. Secondly, because it gives us a reason to rejoice. And now here is our our third reason. And that is because our hope in Jesus Christ is based not on sight, but on faith. Our hope in Jesus Christ is not based on sight, it is based on faith. Listen to verse 8 and 9. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your soul. Our hope in Jesus Christ, is not based on sight. It's based on faith. Faith that looks back to those 2,000 years ago and even beyond then to all the prophecies about a Savior who will come. 700 years before Jesus came, the apostles prophesied, Isaiah and others, a Savior will come. We just celebrated that this December. Those prophecies actually coming true on Christmas. Jesus being born. Prophecies. And we believe those. Is it because you have seen it? Unless you are just about 2,000 years old, maybe. Anybody who is 2,000 years old here? No. No one saw Jesus come to this earth, but we believe it. We know that he did. How come? Because we believe in the word of God to be true. 2,000 years ago. And we believe because the word of God looks forward and says, he will come again and take us to be with him for eternity. We believe that 
Not because we have seen it, but because of faith. The Bible describes faith in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 11, uh, chapter 11, verse 1. It says, now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. And that is our faith. And so today again, I'm here to remind us in the words of the Apostle Peter that when you face adversity, when you find yourself facing any kind of adversity, and I don't know what adversity you may be facing right now, the message for you from God through the pen and the mouth of the Apostle Peter is that we should keep our focus on the Lord Jesus Christ and the hope that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. That hope that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ is a living hope. It's a hope that gives us a, a reason to rejoice. And it's a hope that is not by sight, but a hope that is by faith. Do you have this hope? If yes, you do not have to be afraid of anything. This hope will give you reason to rejoice even in your hardest times. If you do not have this hope, I urge you to consider how you can possess it. The arms of Jesus Christ remains open. And he says, come, come, come and receive it. Come and receive this hope. Come and receive this rest that is freely given to you. Today, God is urging us to keep our focus on the hope that we have in our Lord Jesus Christ. Let us pray. Father, thank you so much for speaking to us. And Lord, I do not know what uh, kind of adversity, situations that uh, any one of us may be facing even at this point. And Lord, I pray that by the power of your spirit, you're going to help all of us, Lord, to be reminded to, to keep our focus on the hope that we have in our Lord Jesus Christ. Not to allow these adversities to distract us, but Lord, to keep our focus on the hope that we have in our Lord Jesus Christ. This hope that is living, this hope that gives us a reason to rejoice, and this hope that is not by sight, but a hope that is by faith. We praise you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.